welcome to mini episode 82 of Real Life Ghost Stories. To kick things off this week, we need to say thank you to our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Benjamin Ude, Sarah Gill, Kaylin, Danielle Francis-Jones, Claudia KP, Katie Cherry, Nixie Sharples, Ashley, Kat Mazio, Katie Curley, Katie Ben-Dixon, Capes, Violet, Laura Rice, Reuben Carnwy, Georgia Johansson, Julie Hess, Cara Swisher, Kay McGregor, and Emily Brown. Thank you so much for being our Patreon subscribers. I cannot thank you enough. I appreciate you every day. And I know I say it every time, but just a reminder, the Patreon currently isn't active and won't be back until September. And I have five lovely listener stories for you today. And our story number one comes from Megan. My Aunt Leslie is a well-known psychic in Windsor. And when she was young, she used to help the police find missing children. At least that's what I was told. She married into the family and still kept in touch after her and my uncle divorced. All three of her children died from cystic fibrosis, which devastated our family, obviously. She told my mom that I had a gift, an ability to see and sense spirits, and that one day I myself would help others. I'm going to start with my first paranormal experience that I can remember. I have only told it to my sister, and now you. When I was eight years old, my sister, my mom, my stepdad and I moved to a nice new house. The house was brand new, but I remember feeling like there was always someone around me. I remember it was summer and everyone was outside. It was too hot for me, so I decided to just put a movie on upstairs and chill out in my room. I was, and still am, the kind of person that really valued my alone time and loved movies. I didn't have many friends, so sadly movies kept me company. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was sitting in front of the TV, and in the corner of my eye, I could see this little girl. She was black, and her hair was braided in four different ponytails with cute hair elastics and decorative clear plastic purple beads. She was wearing a white and pale purple jumpsuit, the top of it kind of flared out. The little girl said nothing, but before I knew it, we were both rocking back and forth. It was so surreal. We were just rocking back and forth over and over again. I was in a trance with this girl. Then I suddenly got freaked out and ran downstairs so fast that my mom yelled at me to relax. I didn't like being upstairs after that. I would hear a sharp whisper say, Hello. I always felt like I was followed in the house. I hated going to bed at night. It was dark which I hated, and my bedroom was in front of the stairs, so I always heard footsteps downstairs really clearly. One time I was old enough to stay home alone. My sister was outside at her friend's house, and I was playing with my new puppy, a beagle named Mojo. He would always look around and bark at nothing, and I thought nothing of it. Until this day. I was running around the house with him, our living room was pretty open, and the kitchen was right there as well, so you could run in circles from the kitchen to the living room. Finally, I grew tired, and I was laughing so hard it hurt. I was on the ground, and I looked up. And there she was. She was about five foot seven, slim build, and so very pale. She had these gorgeous big brown eyes, long silky black hair, 
and she had dark circles under her eyes, almost like they were black eyes, like she had been hit. I don't know, I was just so young I didn't really understand it. She was wearing a black dress with long sleeves that went down to her kneecaps. In an instant she was gone. I heard pounding upstairs like someone was moving around the furniture. I was too scared to go and look. I mean, anyone would be, I'm sure. So I just sat there, terrified. I called a friend from school. She told me to relax and it was just my imagination. I never spoke of it again. I was already the new weird girl and I didn't want to be the haunted one too. I moved into my dad's house when I was 14. My mom and I weren't getting along at all. Her boyfriend was very abusive and it was such a toxic environment. My dad's house is pretty old. It has three bedrooms and there was a total of five of us when I moved in. My dad took the wall between my stepsister's room down to make one big room where all three of us shared. Some days were fun and some were really annoying, with three girls sharing a room. The oldest was Ashley. She would talk on her phone all night with her boyfriend and Sam and I had bunk beds. We were extremely close. We shared everything, did almost everything together and we all believed in ghosts. In fact, everyone in the house did. I felt safe that way. I used to tell my dad and stepmom everything I saw and heard and they would be very reassuring and loving. We used to watch horror movies every weekend. Sometimes we would even watch two in a night. But this night still haunts Ashley and I. I forget the movie that we were watching, but we decided to take a bathroom break. Ashley and I sat downstairs chit-chatting when I looked out the window behind the couch. And there it was, staring at me. Its eyes were black with white in the middle, so they were almost glowing but its eyebrows were thick. Not hair on them, but grey skin. Its mouth was snarled at us and it almost looked like a gargoyle. It's weird, I know, but it's what we saw. Ashley looked at me and said, Do you see that? I nodded my head yes. Everyone was coming down the stairs, so we turned around fast and felt uneasy the rest of the night. I felt like I was looking into the eyes of a demon or something evil. After I saw that, I started to get night terrors. And worse, sleep paralysis. And story number two comes from Nicole Gable. And you can follow Nicole on TikTok and Instagram. She is at gingerslunt or gingerslunt. I don't know which one it is. My name is Nicole, I live in New York City, and I've been super haunted and spooky my entire life. I have 68 independent ghost stories archived in my iPhone notes, and probably about 200 to 300 individual encounters within these stories. I plan to write a book, but don't mind sharing a story or two with your podcast. These haven't been shared anywhere else. I'm listening to an episode in which Emma mentions how much she loves accurate predictions, So I figured I'd send in a short email describing a few of the weirdest predictions I've had which have come true. Firstly, my predictions and dream premonitions began when I was a toddler. We had a house phone in my childhood home. One of those wall phones with a spiral cord. I would always hear the phone ringing in my head about 30 seconds before it would actually ring. Eventually, I got so annoyed with the occurrences that I started announcing to my parents and my sister 
phone's going to ring every time it happened. Without fail, within 10 to 30 seconds, the house phone would ring. My parents thought I was bribing people to call at certain times of the day to create a fake prediction. That is, until one day they picked up the phone and it was my school teacher. Being that there was no way my school teacher was in on this trick, they finally believed me. The phone predictions continued until I was about 19 years old. It still happens every few months, but during my younger years, it was a several times a day occurrence. For whatever reason, it happened the most when I got my first phone, a silver Nokia flip phone. It became a running joke with my family and friends that at least once per day I would go frantically digging for my phone since I was hearing the ringing clearly in my head and would open my phone to no missed calls. I would then sigh and declare, Oh, my phone's going to ring. And without fail, within seconds, my phone would ring in my hand. The next time I made a significant prediction was when my grandmother died. I was in the Middle East last summer for a few weeks. The time difference between New York and the United Arab Emirates is eight hours, so I was always ahead of my family back in the States by eight hours. I got a phone call that my grandmother had taken a fall and was in the hospital. This was not an odd occurrence. Granny Annie was 85 years old and as vibrant as ever, even energetically recalling and retelling stories from her early childhood. She took tumbles often, clumsiness is hereditary I guess, and would break a bone, get patched up in hospital and be on her way home in a few days. That evening I had a dream that my grandmother came to visit me. The dream was particularly odd because she was sat in my hotel room in the Middle East as if I was experiencing an out-of-body experience. Worried, I said to her, Granny, I don't want you to die. Why are you here? And she heartily laughed and said in her thick Maltese accent, Oh honey, I'm already gone. I shot up out of bed crying hysterically. My now husband soothed me and I went back to sleep. I couldn't call my family back home since I was eight hours ahead and they were surely sleeping. The following morning I texted my sister and said call me when you wake up. She called when she woke to ask if I was alright. I told her about my dream the night before. And the line went silent. Are you still there? I asked. After a moment she broke the silence and told me shakily. I'm still here. Granny slipped into a coma yesterday. She's brain dead. They're going to take her off life support. I couldn't call you because you were asleep due to the time zones. We were obviously upset, but I felt a sense of comfort knowing that Granny's spirit must have left her body and immediately visited me across the world to tell me not to worry. The final story is a little more sinister. Several years ago, I had an extremely disturbing dream that I was being tormented by a demonic spirit. I was in an apartment I'd never been in before. In the dream, I climbed up a flight of stairs, walked down a hall and into a bedroom. A closet was butted up directly against one of the bedroom walls. It had white doors and white shelving above the clothes rack. I saw red eyes glaring at me, taunting me through the darkness of the closet. I ran to quickly shut the closet door, and as I did, I was jolted awake. I remember thinking, I need to find out whose house that was. And I spent the better part of the following day texting family and friends asking if they were all right and if they had anything bad going on that would warrant a bad nightmare on my end. 
nobody had any information to offer me. About a month later I went to a meetup for an online group I'm a part of. I became fast friends with my now best friend Anthony. He's super flamboyant and a practicing witch. One night we were having a few drinks and talking about paranormal stuff and I remembered my nightmare. I said, I know this is going to sound weird because we're not very close and we just met, but I had a nightmare a couple of months ago and I haven't found out who it was about yet. I explained the dream to him and his jaw absolutely dropped. With every new detail, the staircase, the hallway, the bedroom, he insisted that I was messing with him. I'd never been to his house, and the dream occurred a month before I'd even met him. Finally, the moment of truth. I asked if his closet was in the corner of the bedroom. Yes, he responded. Is your bedroom white? Yes, he responded, more freaked out with each answer. Are your closet doors white? Yes, Nicole, you're freaking me out. Do you have white shelving in your closet? At this point, he got up and dramatically walked out of the room, as if saying, Oh hell no, this shit is insane. Indeed, he had white shelving in his closet. I continued. Don't freak out, but in the dream there was a demon in that closet. Does this make any sense to you? He laughed loudly and shook his head in disbelief. Anthony, the practicing black magic witch who frequently practiced demon magic, took a long drag of a cigarette and said calmly, It doesn't only make sense to me because I know there's a demon in the closet. I know because I put it there. There's currently a line of salt in front of the closet to keep it contained because it wouldn't leave me the hell alone. We still laugh about it to this day. He moved out of that house and left the demon there to torment his abusive father. And that's all I'll squeeze into this email. Please let me know if you'd be interested in hearing a few more stories of the hundreds I've documented. I currently have part one of a two-part hour-long story of a ghost child who has haunted me for eight years on my YouTube channel, Gable and Claude. One of these days I will tell a very long story of a demon infestation and subsequently witnessing a real Catholic exorcism. And yes, it was exactly like in the horror movies. But if your listeners enjoy these, I'm sure they'd enjoy some more of my shorter stories as a preview for my book. And story number three comes from Stevie. Ever since I was a little girl, I've heard my name being whispered. A subtle psst in my ear and even taps on my shoulder when no one was there. My family would always disregard this as my overactive imagination but I know it was so much more. It wasn't until I was around eight that I was actually able to catch something visible. It was late. I was coming down the hallway after using the restroom and I saw a darker than dark cloud standing across from my bedroom door. I froze dead in my steps, mentally shitting my pants. I remember running to my door and squeezing past this cloud and feeling the complete coldness that surrounded it. I slammed the door shut and dove from my bed. I was nearly in tears until I heard a light tapping on my door. Then I was really in tears. I didn't sleep that night and I can still remember how utterly terrified I was. He continued to be a background character in my world and I usually just ignored him. About a week ago my baby and I were in bed. My boyfriend was on the other end of the house playing his video games. I heard a 
which my boyfriend normally does to get my attention so he doesn't wake the baby. I looked up and down our dark hallway was a darker figure. Assuming it was just my boyfriend checking on us, I smiled and waved. I got my wave back and then I went back to scrolling on Facebook. About an hour went by and I went to the other end of the house to get some water and check on how my boyfriend's game was going. I asked him why he didn't come into the room to check on us instead of just standing at the end of the hallway. He gave me a weird look and said he hadn't moved from his desk. I laughed and told him to stop fucking with me. I saw you, you waved back and everything. He assured me that other than the occasional smoke break in the garage, he hadn't moved. I searched the house, paranoid that maybe someone was in there, but there was no one. The only explanation is that the shadow man made a more prominent appearance. He's always scared me, but has never tried to harm me, so I figured ignoring him is good enough. Now that I have a baby, I refuse to just leave it at that. I'm actively looking for ways to cleanse our house in hopes that the shadow man, my nightmare stalker, and any other odd thing residing here will go away. Wish me luck. And story number four comes from Amber. When I was 18 years old, back in 2009, I was moving into an apartment with one of my best friends. This was a two-family home that the owner had turned into apartments. So one family lived upstairs and one family lived downstairs. We were moving into the lower apartment. The family that lived upstairs was gone for the winter. They had a summer home in Florida and they would be gone until May. This was in the wintertime in Wisconsin and we were moving in later at night because my friend had to work that day. We finally finished moving all of our stuff into the house at around 11pm. We got our TV set up and before we kept settling in and unpacking we decided to throw some laundry into the washing machine in the basement. My friend was throwing a load of clothes in and I was wandering around the basement checking things out. We had the basement to ourselves. The only entrance was through the door in our kitchen. I found some framed photos of an old man and I figured that it must have belonged to the previous renters. I showed them to my friend who of course said, maybe that guy's a ghost and he's going to haunt our apartment. At that exact moment, the hair on my arms and on the back of my neck stood up. I got a really uneasy feeling. My friend laughed it off and we went upstairs and threw a frozen pizza into the oven and put an episode of Friends on Netflix. We sat there eating pizza, drinking soda and watching TV. It was around midnight when we started hearing a constant thumping. We figured maybe we had put an uneven load of laundry into the washer and made it shake and make noise. But not seconds later we heard the washing machine buzz alerting us that it was done. The thumping continued. My friend and I clung to each other and walked around the house to see if we could pinpoint the sound. It was coming from the basement stairs. It sounded as though someone with heavy boots was running up and down the basement stairs non-stop. We had just been in the basement, and there were no animals down there. I don't know of any animal that would make this noise anyway, or any animal that has this kind of stamina. Whatever was running up and down the stairs did so for five hours straight. From midnight until a little past 5am. We didn't sleep, of course. 
We waited until the sound stopped and the sun started to come up and then we were finally able to fall asleep. All was quiet for a couple of weeks. And then one day, I was sitting in my room reading a book on my bed. There was a heating vent next to my bed that went down to the basement. And all of a sudden, from the vent, I heard a man whisper my name. Amber. I thought that I was just imagining it, so I brushed it off the first time. But then I was in the bathroom doing my business when I heard my name again. This time from the bathroom heating vent. Amber. My friend was at work both times this happened, so I know it wasn't her messing with me. I told her what happened when she got home, and she suggested that we ask the landlord if anyone had passed away there previously. We did so, and he said that nobody had died there, but an old man lived there before his family put him in a nursing home, where he died less than 24 hours after he arrived. We moved out a few months later. And story number five comes from Kim. I've always had a sensitivity to the spirit world. My childhood home began my experiences. Short backstory. As a child, my father remodeled our kitchen and during this time, he tore up the old kitchen floor. While cleaning out the debris, he made an odd discovery. Under the kitchen, below where the floor had been, was a crawl space, about a foot high, covering the entirety of the house. This, in fact, was not the odd discovery. The odd discovery were four old glass jars in all four corners of the kitchen. Within these jars were animal bones. We laughed and joked that the previous owner must have been a witch. But after these jars were removed and thrown out, the activity began in our house. We would see a woman wandering in the house out of the corner of her eye. We would hear loud footsteps on the tile floors and throughout the old wooden floors in the house. It became common to me, and I was never truly frightened but intrigued. As a teenager, my father would purchase houses, fix them up and rent them out. When I was around 17, my father bought a house right across the street from a large cemetery in my hometown. When I first went to this house with my dad, I remember thinking it was the creepiest house I'd ever been in. The basement had its own entrance, and the door was made of solid steel. The windows in the basement were barred, with large steel bars from the inside. But the most unsettling part of the house was the entrance to the basement from upstairs. The door sat in a small area between the upstairs living room and the dining room. The door itself was wooden and non-threatening, but was bolted with locks. The locks ran all the way from a bolt lock into the ceiling to a bolt lock into the floor, with the locks running the length of the door every few inches. Now, for a short time, my father lived in this home after my mother and him separated. While staying with him there, I refused to sleep in the beautiful little room he had made for me. I always felt uneasy and slept on the couch with the TV running throughout the night. I feared that if I slept in the quiet, I would hear things that I absolutely did not want to hear. After I turned 18, I began living in the houses that my dad was renovating. This way, the houses were not vacant while he was working on them. He began new renovations on this creepy home, and a friend of mine and I moved in. We were excited to have a place of our own, seen as we were 18 and a little wild. 
It was freeing. So we thought little of all the odd findings and feelings of dread when I would stay there with my dad. Shortly after moving all of our things into the home, the activity began. One evening while my roommate was cleaning and I was taking a shower, the shower was running loudly due to aggressive water pressure and I had the radio going. During this time, my roommate had begun vacuuming her room, which I could hear amongst all the other noise. Soon I heard her calling my name loudly. Kim, she yelled. I responded, what's up, I'm in the shower. There was no response. Again, I hear her call my name louder this time. Kim, she yelled sternly. I responded by shutting off my shower and walking into my roommate's room, where she was busily vacuuming. I asked her what she wanted, and my roommate responded, I didn't want anything. I was immediately irritated because I'd cut my shower short, thinking she really needed me. So I said to her, annoyed, Then why have you been calling my name for the last five minutes? She told me she had never called my name, that she had been busy cleaning. Her response took me back to the nights that I would sleep with the TV on for fear of hearing something I couldn't explain. I said nothing to my roommate, but walked out of her room. I didn't want to scare her if this was just anxiety playing a trick on me. The very next day, my roommate and I changed roles. I was cleaning up my room and she was happily cooking dinner in the kitchen, music blasting so that we could both hear it while we completed our respective tasks. All of a sudden, my now very irritated roommate came into my room and agitatedly asked me, Why do you keep calling my name and not responding when I answer you? I was confused but quickly remembered my experience the previous day. I told her that I hadn't been calling her. My roommate and I quickly made connections about the creepy basement that was still locked up from the upstairs and my feelings of unease when I stayed here in the past. From that day on we slept in the same room and neither of us would stay in the house alone. Activity continued in the form of more speaking, sometimes our names, sometimes words we couldn't make out. Soon we began to see things in the room we now shared. Glowing lights at a height of about three feet off the ground and shadows in the room. We would also respond to things that would flash by, but we only saw out of the corner of our eyes. By this point we were extremely on edge and decided to have a few friends over that believed in strange and unusual goings on. We explained these incidents to our friends and they excitedly said that we should do a sort of dark exploration. We took the phones that we had, very early versions of phones with video recorders and split into groups of two. My roommate and our friend went to the basement and our other friend and I stayed to explore the upstairs. While my friend and I explored the upstairs we caught the glowing eyes that had been seen by my roommate and I on the phone's video recorder bright blue lights a set of two that came out of nowhere into the dark unlit room and then vanished after whispering something we couldn't understand. My roommate and our friend found nothing in the basement besides an extreme feeling of fear and panic. We reviewed the video we had managed to catch and with the volume up we could make out what the entity was saying. It whispered in an aggressive voice, shut up. It still gives me shivers thinking about that voice. We left the house immediately after that and stayed with our friends. We returned the next day to retrieve all of our things and never went back. My father sold the house shortly after that incident, 
It stands today and when I drive by I become anxious, nauseated and filled with dread. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and thank you to Megan, Nicole Gable, Stevie, Amber and Kim for sending in your stories. The last story from today comes from August the 8th, 2020. If you want to send your own spooky story in, please feel free to send it to Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out anything that you want to know about us, you can check out our website, which is Podcast.com. And on that note, we shall see you next week. <laughs>